It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, April 20th, 2021. I'm Aaron Fulton with Raven News. Sitka reported five new coronavirus cases over the last week. Three men and two women tested positive between April 13th and April 18th. Three of the patients are Sitka residents, and all five are isolating in Sitka. One of the people who tested positive is in his 40s, three are in their 50s, and one young man is between the ages of 10 and 19. Three of the patients had no symptoms at the time of testing. Two of the cases are related to travel, and one is classified as community spread, according to city data. Information about symptoms and transmission was not yet available for two of the cases as of Monday afternoon. Sitka has reported 355 cases of the coronavirus since the pandemic began, and seven of those cases are active. Sitka's risk level remains at moderate, and local health officials are recommending face masks in public spaces, asking people to limit gatherings to under 100 people and hold them outdoors, and asking restaurants and bars to reduce indoor capacity. An intensive search over the weekend of an area near Sitka's ferry terminal turned up no new evidence in a missing person cold case. Sitka police are revisiting the unsolved disappearance of a woman nine years ago, hoping new eyes and new investigative tools can make a difference. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. Lael Grant's car was found abandoned on the Nelson Logging Road outside of Sitka in 2012, shortly after Grant was reported missing. Searchers spent about two weeks at the time combing through the heavily forested valley for any signs of the missing 33-year-old. In 2015, three years after her disappearance, the courts issued a ruling of presumptive death for Grant. Officer Hal Henning is one of two members of the Sitka Police Department who've been tasked with reinvestigating Grant's disappearance. Henning arrived in Sitka last July. He says Sitka's police chief, Robert Beatty, wanted a fresh perspective on Grant's disappearance. Um, It's been through many officers and detectives over the years, and just having fresh eyes sometimes helped See new things. The Nelson Logging Road and Shooting Range in Sitka were closed to the public for two full days on April 17th and 18th, while a total of 29 searchers and seven cadaver dogs conducted a grid search in the vicinity of where Grant's car was found nine years ago. The dogs and their handlers came from the Matsu in Alaska, Idaho, and Washington State. Henning says the dogs have remarkable abilities. Some of these teams have been successful in the past in locating Uh, remains of people from 20 years prior. The dogs were volunteered by their respective search and rescue departments, including one dog with Sitka's search and rescue. King County Search and Rescue in Seattle supplied logistical support and was incident command for the two-day search. Henning says the news that investigators were taking another look at the Nelson Logging Road generated a flurry of speculation on social media about a breakthrough in the Grant case. He cautions people against coming to any premature conclusions. Um, We want to reiterate there has been no new evidence. Um, That's not why we're up here. We're just basically retracing old footsteps to make sure that um, we do everything feasibly possible to bring closure to the case. Henning says that there were no aha moments in the search. Many bones were found, none of them human. The investigation, however, is ongoing. We're taking it from the ground up, said Henning. Last August, an even older cold case, the 1996 homicide of Jessica Baggin, was solved using genetic genealogy methods unavailable in 2012. Henning didn't rule out the possibility that some of those new tools could be used to solve the disappearance of Lael Grant. 
Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. While cruise ships won't be showing up to Sitka in droves this summer, the 2022 cruise ship season is expected to break records. City officials believe the steep uptick in tourism could put a strain on infrastructure. So last month, the Assembly directed the local planning commission to develop a tourism master plan. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. Sitka is expecting 400,000 cruise ship passengers in 2022. That exceeds the city's 2008 record by more than 100,000 passengers. So how will Sitka prepare for a boom that big? Last week, the Sitka Assembly met with the Planning Commission to flush out what a tourism master plan should look like. According to a memo from Planning Director Amy Ainsley, the city developed visitor industry plans in 2006 and 2007, before Halibut Point Marine built its private cruise ship terminal that serves most of the large cruise ships coming to Sitka. The company is expanding the dock to handle two 4,000-passenger boats at a time. Planning Commission Chair Chris Spivey said they wanted some assembly guidance on the scope of the plan. That's kind of where we want to focus is designing an actual plan that is focused from what seems to be the biggest concern, which is the the number of folks that will be possibly downtown or in our community as a whole, not on possibly anything other than just handling the people. Assemblymember Rebecca Hemshute said that logistics were at the top of her list for the initial focus of the work. I want to know, how do you make a left turn from Lake Street to Lincoln Street in the summer? How do you get across the bridge in the summer? Do people who are visiting Sitka who might have mobility issues have enough places to sit down? I saw benches in VIP too, and I still think we need more places for people to sit bathrooms? Do we have enough restrooms? Planning Commission member Katie Riley said she wasn't sure that the Planning Commission was the right group to tackle a tourism master plan by itself. She said she was concerned with the larger ripple effects a big tourism year would have on things like housing, waste management, and Sitka's overall capacity to absorb a huge influx of tourists. She said that the Assembly should consider hiring a consultant to develop a more comprehensive plan. Uh, I want to help. I want to engage with the Planning Commission to to come up with this plan. And I think that there's a lot of progress that we can make in terms of dispersal and um, congestion, you know, traffic flow, stuff like that. But I really do think that the city needs to invest in bringing in some professionals to help us, um, you know, create a plan that's going to work with our community, not just for next year, but for the next 10 years and out into the future, because, you um, it's, it's only going to grow. Assemblymember Hemshute said that while the city needed something in place soon for 2022, she agreed that a more comprehensive document was necessary to tackle some of the bigger questions around the future of tourism in Sitka. Our best dollar value visitor is an independent traveler, and they're not coming here to have downtown overrun and infested, right? So the, the needle that you're threading is how many independent travelers are here and how do we maintain quality for them as well as ourselves and have this large number of people coming in. Commissioner Riley said she spoke with a consultant who estimated the cost of developing a comprehensive tourism plan at around $200,000. Mayor Stephen Eisenbeis said they would consider recommendations made by the commission should they ask for a consultant's help or other support. And while assembly members agreed that a larger plan was needed, most wanted to see a more immediate plan focusing on 2022 completed by December. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. 
Ten years after the Fukushima nuclear disaster, environmental regulators say they're expanding radiation testing of commercially harvested Alaska seafood to include crab. A devastating earthquake and tsunami off the coast of Japan in 2011 killed tens of thousands and crippled the Fukushima nuclear plant, which released radioactive material into the air and ocean. That led to global concern about the safety of Pacific seafood. Alaska began screening fish samples in 2014. It now routinely tests prime export products, including Bristol Bay salmon and Bering Sea pollock, to reassure consumers that Alaska seafood is safe. We have not detected any elevated levels that are you know, deemed harmful for consumption or for the health of the animal. That's Bob Gerlock, DEC's chief veterinarian who runs Alaska's seafood monitoring program that includes a gamma radiation detector in a state laboratory in Anchorage. He says the agency is now finalizing plans to begin testing several species of crab to capture more of the complex marine food web. What we're hoping to do now with the other species is look at not just maybe these top predatory feeders, but actually some lower level uh, fish in in the bottom of the food chain to see if there's uh, anything that uh, is uh, detectable. And and like I said, just to go ahead and make sure that we're evaluating the entire ecosystem of the, the North Pacific and Bering Sea. Environmental concern continues from the fallout of Japan's worst commercial nuclear disaster. The Japanese government announced this month plans to release 1.25 million tons of stored radioactive seawater in the next two years. Alaska seafood is a multi-billion dollar industry. The Alaska Seafood Marketing Institute says two-thirds of the nation's seafood is landed in Alaska ports. Officials say two crew members aboard the Matanuska tested positive for COVID-19 over the weekend after the state ferry left Bellingham for ports in southeast Alaska. The Alaska Department of Transportation released a statement Monday that said a member of the ship's crew began showing symptoms of the illness on Saturday after leaving Bellingham. The crew member quarantined in their cabin and tested positive when the ship reached Ketchikan the following day. Additional testing revealed one other case of COVID-19 among the engineering crew. Contact tracers with the state and Ketchikan's Emergency Operations Center found that no passengers had been in close contact with the positive cases. According to the Alaska Marine Highway System, the two crew members who tested positive will isolate for at least 10 days. One is quarantined in a Ketchikan hotel, and the second is quarantined aboard the Matanuska until returning to Juneau to isolate at home. The rest of the Matanuska's crew will receive follow-up COVID-19 tests in Ketchikan on Wednesday. The response to the COVID-19 cases on the ship delayed its itinerary by about 11 hours. The mainliner ferry resumed sailings to ports in southeast Alaska. On Monday afternoon, DOT officials reported that 42 passengers and 32 vehicles had disembarked in Ketchikan, Petersburg and Wrangell. It did not provide passenger numbers for Juneau, Haines or Skagway. I'm Erin Fulton and this has been Raven News.